The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This is the Lori Moss Show. Better job, better life. If you desire to reach your highest potential in your professional life, the next hour is going to help you uncover proven concepts developed by Lori Moss to help you pump up your professionalism, up-level your career, and transform from being stuck to being sought after. The Lori Moss Show, Better Job, Better Life, tackles all of the tough talks everyone knows about, gossips about, but never fully address in the workplace. Now is your time to transform with the expert in professional presence. Now, here is your host, Lori Moss. Welcome to the Lori Moss Show, Better Job, Better Life. It's great to be with you today. And we've got a great topic going on, and it's one I think most of us professionals can relate to, whether we're an employee yesterday and new manager today, or a manager in a position that's higher than the ones we've held. Regardless of the situation, the fact remains that the way we were perceived in the workplace yesterday has changed today because of our position. Our, the, the guest of our show today will be Kim Moore. She'll be joining us in just a few minutes. Kim is the co-founder, president, and CEO of Golden Intentions. And Kim has 20 years plus of management experience with large nonprofit organizations. So she's got great insight. She's got the horror stories and she's got the success stories. She's now CEO of a company, started out managing a staff of, um, of seasonal college kids. So um, everything in between. So before we start today, let's just talk about what happens with that perception you know, the people we've gone to lunch with, the ones we've worked with, the ones we've confided in, that we possibly have talked about uh, things that have bothered us in the workplace, those people are who we interacted with the most when we walked out of the door the day before as an employee. Now, depending on the situation, it could be anything. You could be in a new company, a new department, but you could also be in the department that you were working in and managing those same people. So what happens? What uh, People react in many different ways, and it's very easy to get caught up in the situations that are happening. And it is very easy to take it personally if we choose to, um, because we're in a vulnerable position. We're, we're used to having... Mastery, we definitely stood out in our last position and we're very comfortable in that. And all of a sudden, we are not responsible for just ourselves today. We are responsible for several people. And the percentage of the income or the percentage of the um, profits of the company are higher now that we contribute to than they were the day before. So there's a lot going on. 
And we are hoping today in our show that we acknowledge that these things happen. They're not unusual and and it happens to every manager and it actually happens to CEOs who have been in many management positions to get there, but the stakes are higher and the situations that appear to be much more complex and, and maybe even more intense are really based on the same issues. So a couple things that I would like to talk about today is, you know, the employees um, may conform. They're going to conform to your position and what you ask them to do because they're getting a paycheck. But behind all of that, um, you might be meeting with resistance because of this. They have an underlying fear of uncertainty. What they were sure of the day before, even, even if the manager was failing before, they had become accustomed to working around that manager. And, and we all love comfort. And change requires that to change. And we feel like we lose control a little bit because we really don't know what's next. So there's two things that I know to be true because I hacked away as a manager in the early days. I hacked away for 10 years. I've got experience with not being all that as a manager. And I have experience of really having found the core secrets of being a manager and and conducting business with professional distinction. And it feels so much better today. I don't regret that experience. I just don't want to repeat it. And what we're hoping for in this show is that if we give our listeners, you know, give you the awareness of how things are, it's a lot easier possibly to really access what you know to be true inside of yourself rather than making circumstances dictate how your day is going or how your success is going. So there's two things that need to happen as a new manager. Without a doubt, your professional presence needs to be at the level required for the position you now hold. You are setting the standard by example. And your first management position is the first one where professional presence really weighs in as a priority. And every position in management that you have for the rest of your career, professional presence weighs in heavier and heavier until you're at the CEO position. And it's it's almost at that level where it's 100% your professional presence, your distinction in doing business because you're representing the company, you're going to Wall Street, All you're doing is interacting and being the face of your company. So we might as well get going now in our first management position. And it's the only part that you can control. You go in and you've got all these emotions flying around, but what you can control right away is how you appear, how you behave, which is going to be really critical around these emotional situations with employees, and how you interact. You are now interacting at a higher level, you, your peers are now a management team. Your boss hired you on potential and your past performance, and you are a re- reflection on that decision. If you are in a customer situation, let's say you're in retail, um, you know, customer who has an issue or a concern wants to be able to look around the store they're in or the department and just 
They can tell who the manager is. That is so important. If they can't tell who that person is and the person that's in front of them looks like they um, are in an entry-level position, I can tell you as a manager, it will be really difficult for you to convince them that you have credibility in handling their situation. So the appearance, you know, I can't, I don't have a script for this because the industries chain are very different. Um, More formal industries, what you need to know is who is your client? Who are you serving? Are you going into management meetings? Are you going into the boardroom now? Who is your client that you're serving? What, how do you need to appear in order to make an impression that will favorably impact um, your results? Your behavior, you're in a position to test that out, and we'll go over that in just a minute with your employees. I have a few hints for you on how to, to really handle um, the situations going on as a new manager. And then your interactions, Interactions are your comfort level, kind of the uh, the confidence, being an ambassador of your company um, inside and outside the walls where um, confidentiality and discretion is becomes very important, especially once you manage employees. Confidentiality and discretion is huge. The worst thing that can happen is employees getting wind that you, that our frustrations are being um, worked out through talking to others rather than as a manager um, really taking personal responsibility and not working it out through the other employees. So that being said, the second the second thing I'd like to talk about is, well, the first one was focus on your professional presence because you can line that up and you need to do it now. The second one is set an intention in the morning before you go into work that you sincerely desire to support the professional well-being of your employees and to be responsible and support the profitability of the business that you were hired to, um, to take care of. So you've got all these situations going on, and, and a f- you know, just a few of them. There's so many, but I'll go over the, the classics, actually. So let's say, you, let's say you're managing a department that you worked in last week. So you've got all your buddies. You went to lunch with them. They know you well. Um, you might go out after work, after hours. Um, and these people, they might be resting easy because they think because you're friends, They'll they'll have a, a a leg up on on how they'll be in the department. Okay, the exception to that is if you had a friend that actually went for the job and you got it. So then you've got this resentful person all of a sudden. This friend that you did lunch with is now resentful that you've got the job. And you know what that fear is? The fear is that it was an opportunity lost, and will they have another chance? It's really not about you. It's about their opportunity that was lost. Then there's the defiant perspective. Okay, here's these p- people that you worked with and you did all these tasks with the week before. Now this week you're telling them what to do. And, um, well, we know how that feels. <laughs> so 
Um, and then, you know, just another another perspective is the resigned per- perspective. And it, it seems like a benign perspective. It's the person that just sits back and said, okay, it's another manager. Um, I'm just ride this out. But what that does is it stifles creativity. It puts somebody really in neutral and just observing. And it might seem okay at the time, and it may not be an elevated situation that you want to deal with right away, but it does have an impact on the business. And, you know, I I can't think now what their fear is, but there's a fear underneath any behavior that is not aligned with the well-being of the business. So, you know, make a decision in the morning that the well-being of your employees, your boss, and your business are at the forefront in everything that you do. And then make your actions become a reflection of choice rather than reacting to situations. It doesn't feel good if someone just comes at you and just says, you know what, you got this job, and you know what, I was more qualified than you, and this just isn't working for me, okay? So you get that thrown at you. You know, if you dial into what is the best interest of this employee's professional well-being, and it could be that you just stop and pause and just say, I understand. It, it could be anything, um, but it's really, it's better to dial into your gut before you react. That, that's my message here today. And I've, I have a lot of clients that have very different scenarios, and they're very different personalities. But the core thing is, is dial into your gut, and if you can't get there, if you can't filter through it not being personal, be quiet. The other thing is to observe and listen and find out what matters to your employees and how you can align their needs with the needs of the business. Someone might have a great idea. They could have, you don't know, but, but just listen and open up the opportunity for discussion. And the last part of this um, that applies to every situation is to be patient you know, you might see the end game, but you're not going to be able to do it alone. And it can be very frustrating for someone who gets get it, gets it done. Um, but you've got to respect the needs of your team and trust that they will come along with you when they know you have their back. Until they know you have their back, you're not going to get the respect and the trust that you need for them to cooperate. And without cooperation, you're not going to be successful. And, and just know that, you know, people enjoy success and they inherently want to be a part of a winning team. Your job as the manager is to help them get to a place where they can remember that. And they can get away from the distraction of the change and get in the solution and really making their department a great place to be, a place they can be proud of. So... Without further ado, I'd like to get Kim involved in this conversation because, you know, her history is with nonprofits, and a lot of times with that, there's, there's volunteers who aren't getting paid, so their motivation could be very different. I come from a, more, I come from a corporate environment, so there's definitely a paycheck involved. 
Um, so it's nice to blend our perspective. So let me just tell you a little bit about Kim. Again, again, she's the co-founder and president of Golden Intentions. And um, she's held, you know, 20-some 20, 20 years holding management positions in nonprofits. Um, her passion today, and what has been actually, is, is towards the professional development of her employees and her managers. Um, that has led her to, to refine a process that now empowers families and individuals to have the most important conversations um, in, in their lifetime. It's, it's the end-of-life conversation. So what an amazing, it's an amazing journey that led Kim here, and it was a lot of her management experience that developed her to the point where she can actually facilitate these conversations. How powerful is that? And... Um, Kim, if you want to hop on really quick, um, we're going to have to uh, break here in just a minute. But let's get you on the line. Let's let's get you in the mix, and and we'll continue on. Sure, I'm here. Hi, Kim. Hi. Thanks so much for having me on. So, Kim, um, you know when you talk about the, the gold, the uh, what am I saying? I just lost it here. <laughs> the golden conversation. Just please tell us really briefly what that is, and when we come back, we'll, we'll see how you got to that place. Sure. Uh, well, basically, what Golden Intentions, uh, you know, our, our mission is um, that we encourage end-of-life conversations, preparation, and celebration by educating people and uh, our community and by offering different support services. So really, everything starts with a conversation which is why I think uh, today's conversation about uh, management, it's been a beautiful opportunity for me to reflect back on how exactly did I get here. Okay. Well, what I know about your work is it's very transformational, and, and, and the richness that it brings to people's lives is... I think that's what we all want to do in the end is, is really make a contribution in the work that we do. So I'm glad you're out there doing that. I look forward to um, continuing this conversation, and we'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Should there be more to your life? Do you need a change? Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young will provide empowering commentary each week to encourage you. She will interview successful personalities from movies, television, business, technology, health, and academia. 
All of them have amazing stories, resulting in transformed lives. You'll learn how to discover real happiness, financial success, and fulfillment to live your highest purpose. Join her on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and a replay Fridays at 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Women's Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. listening to the Lori Moss show better job better life if you have a question for Lori Moss you can tweet it at L Moss concepts find us on Facebook with keyword Lori Moss concepts or send an email to radio at Lori stay connected by visiting Lori to learn more while you're there read our blog and sign up for the Lori Moss concepts newsletter for more tips now back to this week's program Welcome back. This is Lori Moss, your host of the Lori Moss Show, where we're here to help you get a better job so you can enjoy a better life. Today, um, my guest, Kim Morris, is, is here to talk with me about helping, well, actually reminding me how it all used to be um, from beginning manager to, to where I am now and our, and our, our listeners. So, Kim, um, let me... Um, let me open it up with a, a pretty broad question. <laughs> T- uh, tell me, how, how did this happen? How did you go from being uh, an, a manager at the age of 20 to a CEO 20 years later of a company? Sure. Well, thanks. It's uh, so, just such, uh, like I was saying before the break, it's been such a wonderful opportunity to reflect back on how did this happen. And um, when I, when I, when I look all the way back, what I what I recognized was back in um, in the early '90s, I was working as a, an assistant in a head injury rehab facility, and I remember one day somebody tapped on my name tag and um, it had my name, and underneath it, it said assistant. And he said um, he just looked across the bottom of it, and he said supervisor. And I, I laughed. I was not even, I don't even think I was 20 years old then. But for whatever reason, this individual who was many years older than me recognized something in me that I, I didn't recognize in myself. And so as the years went on, well, when, when we talk about um, the sudden, in, you know, the sudden being suddenly thrown into a management position, within a year of that person tapping on my tag, um, Somebody went out on, uh, one of the supervisors went out on an emergency maternity leave, and I was literally called in the middle of the night saying, tomorrow, are you willing to be the supervisor of this, this shift? And I said yes. I said yes that time, and I have said yes every single time since then. So when I look back and say, how did this happen? Um, I just said yes. And it wasn't that I felt that I was prepared. I don't think anybody necessarily feels they're prepared. I did not. I just said yes. And I knew that somewhere somebody believed that I was capable of doing that. Um, I was, like you had mentioned, I was comfortable in my position. But I thought, what do I have to lose here? I'm moving forward. I've got a little bit of a bump in pay, some responsibility. If it, if it goes south, it goes south. 
And so I continued on. And one of the things that you said, Lori, that really has stuck with me just through the introduction there is that I know that outside of the walls at every single company and organization that I worked for throughout the last 15 years, 15, 20 years, I could be trusted with the message of the company, my professional presence inside and outside of the walls of organizations could be trusted. And um, so I just continued on. I, uh, it wasn't that I was always perfect. I definitely had my challenges. But along the way, I just kept saying yes. And I was thrown into one really uncomfortable situation after another, and I just kept saying yes and moving forward. And I created, you know, without having, you know, gone to a bunch of seminars on leadership or management styles, I just figured out that along the way, one of the really important things I have to do is I have to listen to my employees. I have to know that the big answers to the really tough questions that are out there are within the employees. It exists within them, whether they realize it or not. So from one experience to another, from one organization to another, I just continued to remind people that they had the answers that they were looking for. And I think that made me um, a desirable manager. I was, um, you know, empowering to people. um, And even when things were really difficult, I didn't hide it from my employees. I let them know, I'm struggling too. Let's try to get to some answers together. We're in this together. And... Uh, the other thing that you mentioned was about keeping our um, setting expectations, and uh, I had high. I've always had high expectations for my employees, and that came from a desire within me to want to be a good employee. And so I just kept passing them that same level of expectation that we were going to be high performers and we were going to do it together. And people do want to be a part of that team. So I just kept encouraging that along the way. And then, you know, honestly, Lori, being a CEO of a company was never my dream. I really, I'm more of a, I'm more of the big dreamer, Um, not so much of the getting all the little things done. But this is what, it turns out, this is a really common attribute of a CEO, People that ha- that dream big. It doesn't mean I have to be able to do everything, but I have to have the vision, and I've kept it along the way and along the way, and and it has led me to what I believe now is my life purpose. Uh, so, which was starting an organization that doesn't exist currently. That is, um, you know, I'm not opening up a subway here. I'm I've started something uh, that that doesn't exist but that is really needed in our world right now. So that's how I found my way here, just one step at a time, one management position at a time, continuing to remain professional inside and outside of the walls of our, of our businesses. And, and I, could, I could be trusted. I could be trusted with the mission of the organization that I was representing. Um, so that's... That's a general overview of how I got to where I am today. So, Kim, to, to sum, sum up kind of what I just heard is, I don't know if it was every man, new management po- uh, situation, but you were actually sought after for it. Did you ever see an opportunity and go apply for it, or did it come to you? 
Uh, I would say about about half and half. I mean, there was a point in time in my life where I moved uh, cities completely to the uh, other side of the state, and um, and so I, I sought after a position there. But for the most part, even uh, usually people were were seeking after me. I would I would say that really the only times it's been different is when I actually physically moved. Um, so yeah, that's the answer to that question. <laughs> And the reason I'm asking that is, is I've, I've worked with many clients and when I see the shift from, they'll come in my door, they're really seeking a higher level position, but they're starting to get exhausted by seeking and not achieving that. And it is almost always there uh, some layer of their professional presence that is holding them back. Their competency has been proven many times over, over which is why the frustration builds. Um, but I notice a shift from having to seek and actually keep going after things to just simply presenting themselves with professional distinction and and having a deeper and deeper Rolodex of relationships. And when I saw those two align, it was amazing how they would become sought after. And work becomes really joyful and fulfilling at that point. To always be in a position of trying to get, um, you know, we have to do a little of, of that until we have a reputation where we're sought after. So... That's one of the things I'm hearing happen for you, and which probably explains why you're in a CEO position today, because you have a deep Rolodex of relationships, and you also know how to build those relationships. I, I do, yeah. I, it's, a, again, a beautiful opportunity of reflecting how, how you get here, um, and you know, a lot of it comes down to you just really have to be good to people, and um, you're, you, know, you get... The, the way that I always looked at it was, you know, it's kind of like our bodies. We get one body, we treat it right, we treat it good, it's going to be good to us. And I get one, you know, shot, I would say, at, at my big professional career. And by that, I'm saying my whole, the time that I'm working in my lifetime, whether it be for 30 years or 40 years or 50 years, I get, I get one shot. I have to treat it well. So, so I was careful all along the way. I'm not saying I never made a mistake, but I was careful to, be, to position myself in positions where, um, where it wasn't dangerous. I, I recognize the times when um, when things were getting out of hand, maybe outside of work hours. I would not, my, my body <laughs> would not be there because I, you know, you, you talked to at the beginning about um, about the development and of respect and trust. That you to be trusted and respected among your peers and especially by your employees. I mean, there's almost no way to move forward. That's been my experience. There's almost no way to move forward when you're constantly having to grapple with quote-unquote mistakes that you've made, right, poor choices, and it's almost always stuff that's 
it's, well, it's about our behavior, right? Whether it's inappropriate behavior, um, inside or outside of work, or whatever that may be. I was careful. Again, one of the things that you mentioned earlier was just about giving yourself time to pause before responding to something. I've I've been careful about that uh, and to not shoot my mouth off every single time I thought that there was uh, an issue or a problem. So somewhere in there, I became respected. I became somebody that could be trusted. I could be, be trusted with information when it was sensitive and confidential. Again, another thing that has led me to the job that I have now, which is highly confidential, very sensitive, um, and, you know, put a little bit of having to go on my gut instinct uh, for a lot of things and really listen to where what I'm being drawn to, to feel and to sense and to say to people. So there's that. <laughs> and, and you... You, you had mentioned that, well, let me just ask you this question. Some, you know, employers actually want us to get the job done and they want us to be nice while we're doing that. And what that nice piece means is, okay, so I'm the new manager. My manager that hired me really doesn't want to hear about the daily dramas and the situations going on in the department. They actually want to know that I'm taking care of it as the manager and that I'm not escalating those situations. So um, I use that word nice. Now, nice is and likability becomes a real challenge in business because sometimes we have to have those tough conversations on behaviors or interactions um, employee, you know, it's easy. Let me just say this first: it's easy to, to address performance issues. Um, they're measurable; they're not subject to um, opinion, and so that's not a problem. It's these other areas of professional presence that hold people back. And those conversations are, can be very delicate and difficult. So. My thinking is along the way, Kim, you had some of those difficult conversations. And um, what I'm curious about is the ones you didn't have. Um, do you regret those today, knowing what you know now and, and what you would have done differently then? Um, I do. Uh, to some degree, you know, I think, you know, I have a general sense that as I'm going about my day and about my business and my life, I, I am doing the very best I can based on, you know, what's happened in my world and what I'm going through in my own life. Um, I do know that when I have not had those conversations, um, you know, the, what is the statement there? You know, there's the, the elephant or the hippopotamus on the table and everybody's just trying to, like, pass the salt around and pretend like there's nothing going on. I've had to do that. Um, and I've chose to do that before, and it has all that does is bring down morale. I've learned um, time and time again that the more that you try, that you avoid the the necessary conversations, the required ones. Um, if you're not attending to them, then then the group, your employees, they're attending to it on their own level, and that's really that's uh, just detrimental for for a team. So. 
you know, for example, I've hired people because I was desperate for a hire, and it is about the worst mistake you can make when you're desperate and you're hiring somebody you know should not be on that team. So I made it my to the best of my ability. Um, my practice has continuously been to hire well because when it does come time for those really important conversations, um, you know, I, I'm not... I'm not everybody's friend. I don't have to be everybody's friend. But what I can do is I can ask people, I start off the conversations by saying, what is your understanding of what is going on here? You know, because usually by the time somebody's sitting down in front of you or, you know, standing up and talking in the parking lot or whatever it is, by the time they're there, this, this should not be a surprise. So just starting with, tell me what your understanding is of what's going on here. That is basic respect for another human being because inevitably what, what I think is going on and what they think is going on is going to be two different things. So if I can just hear from their angle what, I, what, what do they feel is going on here, then I can get a sense of what are, what are we really dealing with here. And then I, can, then I would come in and say, let me tell you how this particular behavior is affecting the team. So let me just show you what this is doing. Let me play this out for you on a daily basis or on a weekly basis or what this has done over this amount of time. Um, and then, you know, I'm not saying it's always worked, but what that has done is it has made it throughout the years that very rarely did I ever have to fire somebody. There, I can count on one hand, and this is over hundreds of employees that I've had, of people that, have had to, that I've had to fire. People typically recognize at, at some point that they are not living up to the expectation of the team, or the and they manager. appreciate and they appreciate you bringing Absolutely. it to their and you give them dignity in the way that you do that. Yeah, and and all of a sudden it isn't a hand slap, but they recognize that your intention is really on behalf of their professional well-being because continuing that behavior will hold them back. And they would sit there and wonder why. And that is one of the biggest gifts. So um, what we're going to be doing here in just a couple of minutes is let's find out what Kim is up to as a CEO. And it's a brand new management position for her that requires a whole different level of relationships and professional presence. So stay tuned. Come back and join us and we'll find out how that's going. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We're all living in the moment, but you never know when life is going to take a unique turn. It doesn't have to be a challenge, but perhaps more of a detour to get where we need to be. On The Sky's the Limit, host Karen Levitt knows that experience, having faced it herself. Learn about her journey from a life-changing event to where she is now. Her guests are amazing people who are living these experiences and overcoming obstacles. Learn from their stories every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. 
think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning in to the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to The Lori Moss Show. Better job, better life. If you have a question for Lori Moss, you can tweet it at L Moss Concepts. Find us on Facebook with keyword Lori Moss Concepts or send an email to radio at lorimossconcepts.com. Stay connected by visiting lorimossconcepts.com to learn more. While you're there, read our blog and sign up for the Lori Moss Concepts newsletter for more tips. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back. This is Lori Moss, host of the Lori Moss Show, Better Job, Better Life. We have with, I have with me um, my guest, Kimberly Morris, today, and we're continuing our conversation about being a new manager. So we have covered about 19 years of Kim's career in management that has led her now to a CEO position. And so, Kim, here, here's my question for you. And I appreciate your vulnerability um, on the program today to talk about it. it. So now you're in the CEO chair, and the the tendency for all of us in that position is is to pretend like we've got it all handled, and yet it is the very first time that we have truly been the face of the company. The buck stops here. And um, we are no longer in charge of all the details. What we are what we are dependent on are those relationships relationships we built in the past. So that being said, what is it really like, Kim? And what are the challenges that you were met with from the get go on this position? Sure. Well, when we reflect back on how our organization started. Um, relationships was the key. Before we ever incorporated, which was uh, in the spring of last year, we figured out, uh, my business partner and I, the co-founder, found out that we had met with nearly 100 professionals in our community to discuss uh, the, the main topic and to figure out what the need was in the community. So talking of when you mention relationships, Lori, that has been key. There is no possible way that our organization would exist if we did not each have the relationships that we had, if we had not been showing up as a professional for all these years, we just would not be respected in our community. We would not have been able to move forward. So that was that was key. Something else that you said earlier was you mentioned, you know, when you're showing up, you know, now you're at Wall Street, and I just started laughing because I thought, boy, even when I go to Walmart, I'm still showing up as the CEO. The, the reality is I don't, I just don't leave my house anymore 
not knowing that I am a CEO of an organization and of an incredible organization. I'm obviously passionate about it, or I, or I wouldn't be here, but um, I recognize that I have to look a certain way. I have to act a certain way. My performance has to be a certain way. This is, and the truth is, it's very authentic. This is who I am at my core. And so, but I recognize when I am out in the community, I could see anybody. And now that I have, you know, I'm in the papers, I'm being interviewed, different things. My, my, my physical presence is more, um, being more known in the community. People are recognizing me from those things. And so how I show up, what my behavior is, everywhere I go, I, I'm recognizing that, um, that I have to be aware of that. So I, I am aware of that as I, and that was probably one of the most interesting things for me, um, just realizing how how this affects my everyday, including when I go to church or when I, you know, when I when anywhere I go. So that was one of the most surprising things uh, for me. It's also been one of the most rewarding things because what I've been able to do, you know, is really solidify our, you know, the quote unquote elevator pitch. Right? I've got to have that down as a CEO and as somebody. Anybody, any level of management, to be able to to transfer the passion of the organization again outside of the walls, outside of the building, to be able to transfer that anywhere you're going. This is how people move up this this kind of invisible ladder that gets you to a place where you know literally I'm living my dream right now. I believe I'm in my purpose. I'm doing exactly what I was created, you know, on this earth to to do. I'm doing it right now. And all of my professional performance and presence and the respect and trust that I've gained and given to people along the way, that's what's really gotten me here. Kim, Kim, what's been your biggest hurdle for you as you, you, I can't talk here, as you've taken on the buck stops here role in your company? Oh my gosh, I I want to be in control of everything. I want to know everything about everything. And as it turns out, as a CEO, there's just no time for that. <laughs> the brain, my brain cannot, nobody's brain can handle all the things that go along with running an organization. And so the, the releasing of the control to, to the right people, so, so again, having the right people on the bus with you, here we are, you know, we're just making sure you get them all on and that we're all heading in the same direction. You know, we, we have an amazing board of, you know, board of directors. Um, I have an amazing uh, business partner and all, the, all of the people that have kind of been, um, you know, attracted to our organization, they feel, they feel our mission really speaks to them. So, so, just lining up with the right people so that I feel safe and comfortable releasing the control. That's been one of the toughest mm. things for me um, to be able to do, to not have to know every tiny little thing going on. Now, I, the way I understand your business is that you have, you have people working for you that are volunteers you have employees, you have collaborators, you have volunteers, yeah. and they're all motivated by different things. 
um, when I say collaborator, collaborators, I know that the medical community dials in to help you with your services. Do you want to speak a little bit about that? And if, if you see a difference between a volunteer collaborative relationships versus employee, paid employee? Well, when I, um, you know, in the, in the big picture, um, when you're the CEO, you're at least my, my, in my limited amount of time as a CEO, my experience is, is that in essence, the buck does stop here, right? So, no, so all along the way, every all whether it be uh, a volunteer, um, uh, a paid employee, or like you said, a collaborator, even people that are working for us, you know, doing any number of services, all along the way. Um, People have to, I, know, I wouldn't say they would have to, but I would hope that they would feel drawn in by the mission. And so our, the difference um, seems to be that, well, I don't know, it doesn't feel necessarily like there's a huge difference uh, between everybody because everybody, we're all on the same, we're all on the same page. And so I feel, um, I feel that the more that I can express not just my gratitude towards them, but the more that I can express that what each individual or group is doing is really feeding the whole. It is fueling what this mission is and what it is becoming, which is another beautiful thing. We're a work in progress. And the more that we can see that and talk to people about that, we can see that along the way we need each other. And so it's been a really exciting experience to be able to kind of nurture or foster that in each other, to be able to say, hey, this is new, it's different, I'm not exactly sure where it's going, but do you want to be a part of this? And if they do, they know it, they can feel it, they're raising their hand. And so we, you know, just to be able to say to each other, I don't have the answers, and again, like I mentioned at the beginning, I learned a long time ago that the people that have the answers are the ones that are out doing the work. I always knew that. My employees have the answers to the big, challenging questions that are going on out there. I may have to help them find them, find the answers. I may have to try to pull it out of them to talk, you know, for me to talk, keep asking the question, what do you see is going on here? And the more I ask that, the more I get the information that seems to fuel, again, what this big purpose might be of any organization. And it, it's, a, it's a win-win. A manager wins, an employee wins. Um, and so that's, you know, that's been my experience with that. And, and because that is the important aspect is that, that people have a shared interest in supporting that mission, what has been difficult is it pretty clear if someone comes along and they're just not in in alignment with that um absolutely yep and 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 what is that like is it just a nas- nas- natural attrition or is there a, a conversation around it um sure. what happens at, in at that this, world yeah thanks this is a great question at this phase because we are new and we are creating something that doesn't already exist. Pieces and parts of, of end-of-life resources and groups um, exist, but nothing quite like this, nothing quite like what we're doing. And so when something, we did have a situation come up where 
um, you know, we have to be a very neutral organization. And that's one of the things that I, you know, was so lucky in all my previous nonprofits that even though some may have had different religious uh, backgrounds, um, they said we, we serve all people. And so we have to be in that same boat with our organization. Um, we, we've chosen to be in the same, that same boat, that we serve all people no matter what their beliefs. And so if somebody comes into our organization and is not on board with that, cannot um, put that aside, which is what those types of things have happened, we've just had to very lovingly and gently say, there, there is a place for what you're doing. It just necessarily isn't with our organization at this time. Um, and so, but those, you cannot, we could not mess around um, and allow those types of things to even remotely continue. So when, when we see something at this phase, especially because it's so fresh and new, we, um, we just can't risk that, uh, that something like that would go unattended to. And so that, that's our job is to just get right in there and say we really appreciate we're learning um, we're learning where we maybe didn't make that clear enough or didn't put it in writing or didn't have somebody sign something that said that this was how it was going to be because we're new, we're learning, we're, you know, we're entrepreneurs on top of, you know, on top of, you know, now having these positions and being, you know, so well-known in the community, even at this phase. So, um, yeah, so we just, we have to be careful. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Kim, we have covered a lot of territory today. I've been so interested in hearing uh, really all aspects of your leadership and inspired by it. Um, what I didn't mention earlier and I want to is um, your the, your website is www.goldenintentions.org. Again, www.goldenintentions.org. For people seeking um assistance and support in having those end-of-life conversations, this, this is your go-to place. And on behalf of the Lori Moss Show, it's been a pleasure to be with you today. If you have any topics that you would like us to cover in our radio shows, please email uh, to radio at com forward slash, I'm sorry, radio at com. My head is really in this conversation we had today. So you know what? I'm, I'm glad it was, and I'm so glad for our guest. All of you, if you're a new manager today and you were an employee yesterday, how great you are, and congratulations. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to The Lori Moss Show. Better job, better life. To learn more about Lori Moss Concepts, our services, and to connect with the expert and professional presence, visit LoriMossConcepts.com. Tune in next week for more professionalism transformation. The Lori Moss Show, Better Job, Better Life, airs every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a successful week.